I want to welcome everybody to the first episode of Masterminds. This week, we have an incredible guest, Ron Shaw, CEO of Avi, and he's going to break down what you should be doing for Black Friday in regards to your financials. Go really quick, really fast, and he digs into all the really important things that you need to know, especially the essentially the hamburger of metrics that you need to be monitoring on a regular basis to understand how you can scale your business, whether you're at 5K of revenue on a monthly basis or a million dollars. This one is incredible. Learn from Ron, and we're going to be doing more and more of these regularly. So let us know what you think. Last thing before the fun, I swear. If you're looking to scale your ad creative going into Black Friday, you're just looking to automate the process a little bit. Offset Pencil cooked up a little deal for you guys. Use the code AC15, that's AC15, at checkout. You get 15% off all paid plans for 12 months. And we want you to be able to, again, scale that creative. Um, now, on to the show. I am really excited to be joined by Ron Shaw, CEO and co-founder of Obvi, um, and the the maestro and goat of all things finance and D2C. Thank you for joining us on a little special episode of uh, of Masterminds on Ad Creative. Thanks, Ron. How are you? Well, I'm I'm doing great, Jason. Thank you for having me on uh, once again, and uh, always excited to talk to you because it never feels like a, feels like a, a conversation that I'm just talking to with with a great friend. So appreciative to uh, be on here. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, guys, what we're going to do today is um, Ron has some really amazing um, information he can share with you about how you should be thinking about finance and ops and, and essentially being able to run your business in a really, really um, succinct and, and powerful way going into Black Friday. Um, so I'll give, I'll give Ron the floor after I ask some questions, but um, we're gonna, we're, that's what we're going to dive into. So, uh, Ron, my first big question is more of a macro one that we're going to layer on before we kind of dive into everything. Um, what do you think people either who are at brands or who are running their own brand should be thinking about on a macro level on the financial side of their business going into Black Friday? I know it's a bit of a catch-all, but like what are maybe, th- you know, like three pillars or four pillars you think they should be thinking about on a macro level that we can dive in deeper? Yeah, I think... Um... I, I think even outside of the pillars, I think the biggest umbrella is is the level of uncertainty we're going into, right? Um, you know, I keep talking about this, but uh, um, post-inflation, pre-recession, post-pandemic, and post-iOS, um, we're in the toughest time of building and trying to neutralize our business, right? And so this will be the first Black Friday that has to take on all of those four kind of, you know, um, comics that have been thrown here. And so um, I think the biggest umbrella here is, is you have to be able to make, be so nimble with your business where if scale is possible, you're able to kind of double down and take it. If it's not though, you should not be in a place where Black Friday, Cyber Monday crumbles your business too. Um, and so I think the, the overarching kind of uh, theme in between is how do we manage cycling cash flow, inventory, manage any expenses that are coming up. And I think the biggest pillar for me is, is kind of cash flow cycling to where I'm not worrying about Black Friday, Cyber Monday till end of Q1 uh, so that I can focus on the actual tactical pieces to make Black Friday, Cyber Monday go well, instead of the fear that all founders have to be led by sometimes by saying, I got to do this right. I got to get this done. What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? Um, my theory is, is, is let's get some more 
mental capacity because that's the way we're going to get physical growth. I think that's such an interesting, uh, interesting way to 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 go into the next one, which is essentially like you've just given us, hey, we need mental capacity. I don't really want to think about Black Friday on like a, fi- a financial level until the end of or until Q1 starts because I want to just throw all of our resources and energy and mental capacity at delivering against that when it's happening so that we can deliver a great experience to our customers and we benefit from that great experience that they're having. So my next question goes, you and the team at Obvi, how are you essentially breaking that down and doing that today? Um, yeah. Like what are kind of the core things and through lines that you're thinking about and like tools maybe that you're using to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the way we're looking at it is what are some of the biggest things and challenges that are coming our way, right? So one is we have to buy a ton of inventory. One, because supply chain is crazy, right? Um, and so we're trying to get ahead on inventory. So buying a ton of inventory, but I know I'm not going to be in a physical place to be able to sell all that inventory in the month of November and that to a week-long sale, right? But if I need to be able to execute on a, on a scaling strategy, I also don't want to be sold out. So I'm kind of, you know, in this middle ground of I need to get enough inventory. Um, so inventory management, uh, using tools like upside financing, which will give me an extra 128 days to pay off my inventory, right? Uh, for I think about four or 5%. You know, when you annualize that, it's a pretty expensive ratio. But the thing is, companies like us, we don't get to line of credits from banks. So you can't compare it to line of credits of bank, right? Um, so secondly, um, the other thing is ad spend. We're going to be spending, you know, um, a hefty, hefty amount of money, probably about 1.5 million this month of November. And, uh, you know, we don't want to be able to have to pay that literally November 30th, right? It is just so much pressure because you're still trying to see the fruits of your sale and labor kind of go into effect. Um, and so one of the things we're going to be using is uh, Parker uh, credit card, which will then give us 60 days on the ad spend right off the gate. Um, and then we have net terms with Facebook on top of that. So we'll get an extra 30 days. So basically anything I spend in November, I'm not going to be paying until February. What this gives me, and an and interest-free, but what this gives me really is 90 days post-sale to figure out my mechanics. Did the sale go well? Did we lose money? Did we make money? Um, if we lost money, what are we going to do next? Do we need to go and get a capital? Do, whatever it may be, right? But what happens is, is we almost don't get time to look back and see how performance went because we already have to pay the next bill. And I think that's the big fundamental uh, piece that I really want everyone to harp on is like, we need time right now. It is not as, you know, put this ad up, get this amount of sales anymore. Those days are kind of gone. So we need time as founders and we need capacity. And um, I think that's some of the biggest things I'm honing in on. So I want to step back for a second before we go tactical. Do you think people, um, I have my own personal opinion about this, but I want to hear yours first is do you think a lot of founders who are dealing with this cash flow issue and running ads specifically to drive volume and and put pressure on the business, like we talked about last time, acquisition puts pressure on the business to deliver. Um, do you think that those founders and or just operators in the business are always struggling with this cash flow cycle where it's like, hey, we know we need to spend 50K, but we also need that to have some sort of return and we don't know what the payback period 
is to dollar zero so that we can reinvest it in scale, right? Because they're going to be like, okay, we have a certain amount of monthly throughput we can have, but to layer on, say, another 25K. So to go from 25K to 50K or to 50 to 75, you know, so on and so forth. Do you think that's like a consistent issue that it's just they haven't built the kind of, like you say, Parker, for instance, infrastructure to be able to deliver against that? Um, Yeah. And I guess... Why do you think less people don't know about these kind of tools? Because for me, it feels like a, a just a no-brainer. No-brainer. To be yeah. interacting with this kind of stuff just based on that pressure because of, we've all, I've been there, right? Uh, yep. We're sitting there yeah, like, yeah. okay, I don't know if I have another dollar to spend, but I know I have all of these people. This ad is crushing. I'm just yep. going to go and spend this, you know, and then I have to, you know, the bill comes due, et cetera. So um, right. why do you think that that's not something that's more predominant out there? Is it like a fear thing you think, or what's kind of the, the thing maybe we can unpack for people here as they go into it? Cause it's a really fear-based time of year for our industry yeah. at large. Right. And so I want right. to see if there's any way we can kind of through your expertise, unpack that a little bit for people. Yeah. I think, you know, even, even when I started sharing some of these details, um, and I mean, even take it back of when I stumbled upon it, right. Um, I stumbled upon it, uh, during a time where. I realized that we're going to not be profitable on the first order anymore, okay? This was post iOS um, and, and post supply chain inflation, et cetera. We were just like, you know what? We're going to be breaking even. And instantly my mind, because I have an accounting background, went into, okay, knowing I'm going to be broke, break even or, or lose a couple of pennies on the first order, I know my, I'm now going to hit a burn rate instantly, okay? So if I'm going to hit a burn rate instantly, I have to think about cash flow, right? I think what happens though is a lot of people, they're looking at the mechanics of, oh, what's my CAC or what is my ROAS or what is this? But they're not understanding the other parts of the business that roll into it, right? They're not looking at the OPEX enough. They're not even looking at the bottom line, right? They're not looking at where discounts, where shipping and fulfillment. They're just looking at ROAS. And I think that that just kills people because- there's no such thing as the correct ROAS number. I've seen companies that make hand over fist money on a 1.5x ROAS because their other mechanics are great, right? And so, and then there are companies that are 3x ROAS that just cannot make money, you know? So it's, there's so many things that I feel like um, a founder doesn't have a background in finance or accounting often skips because it's assumed as a back office art of the role that someone's going to fill. And I think it needs to become more of the things that were like, if you're going to understand marketing, you need to understand your finances alongside that in parallel, same pillar. They, they One cannot be stronger than the other. It just won't work. It's so funny you mentioned that. So my, my wife is in, in finance and they work very heavily with the marketing organization at her company. And you find um, those kind of companies, the marketing org hates it. Um, but I think when you build it directly into the business, like you have, there's a completely different mindset. Cause it's like, okay, well we know actually, and, and it becomes a superpower when you allow it to be. So like one yeah. thing I think about a lot, like you just mentioned is like gross revenue after taxes and, and discounts and depreciation. Like what's the grad? That's not yeah. something that people think about right regularly. Uh- when I bring a payback period, people kind of give me this look like, what does that mean? It's like, yeah. a pretty simple formula. Like I'm not a math guy. And right. uh, like by trade, I had to teach myself everything. And that one is like, well, when do I get to dollar zero? Right. It's very simple. Yes. Like I'm negative yeah. until, you know, the payback period. And then how, what long, how long is that? 
can yeah. you stand if it's six months? Most businesses exactly. cannot, right? Cannot. And so I, I wonder, like, if you had to give people a couple metrics that they could go and look on, like, Investopedia or something uh, to just figure it out. And there's, like, I mean, we can link these things out. But what what would be two or three things? Because payback period is one. I have a couple, like, great articles on that that I try to share. And yeah. actually, is my, my least viral tweets are when I talk about yeah. payback period. It's boring. pretty funny, actually. It's, like, it's when I talk about ads, like, this ad is stupid. It just goes yeah. bananas. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but these kind of business fundamentals, like... There's a reason why Coke has been around for a hundred plus years. And it is literally like the marketing organization and the finance organization pushing yeah. each other. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the product hasn't really innovated that much. Right. It's the same right. thing. My grandma, maybe it doesn't have the cocaine when my, from when my grandma was. Right. Like, right. <laughs> I, that, they took that out. Yeah. They didn't change that much. So what are like. Oh, they, they took it out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, let's hope. Um, um, so what do you think people should be looking at? Yeah. Um, I think, I think top line um in in today's economy i think cap to ltv right mm -hmm. so how much you're going to acquire a customer and what is the expected ltv right because what that truly people don't realize how much of a superpower that is right because the difference in when you know that number and so let's say our cac is 50 dollars and our ltv is 150 okay so my cac to ltv would be three to one okay what that tells you is if you acquire a customer for $50, you're going to make $150 from that customer, right? Now, the next number that you need to know is your unit economics. If your unit economics, where basically you take your, you take your revenue that you get from a customer and what you profit off that customer, okay? Um, and, and, and based on the products that are in the order and et cetera, and shipping and fulfillment. Um, once you get those things, you're able to know on your CAC to LTV, how much profit you're going to make, okay? Or if you're going to be profitable at all, right? And if you are profitable, the difference here becomes, well, why can't you scale the heck out of it? And all you need is cash to fund it, right? And now if you need cash, you can go raise capital, you can go and put in your own capital, or you can go and find ways to be creative, such as using Parker, Plastic, and, and, and turn your cash flow to fund marketing. So I think CAC to LTV teaches you about the strength of your business. Unit economics tells you about how you're going to be able to fundamentally grow your business if your unit economics makes sense or not. Um, same thing with, with CAC to LTV. What if your CAC to LTV is 50 and your LTV is 75? You're never going to be able to scale this business. Um, and then I think the, the other, other piece that's really, really important uh, that, that's important for us is understanding at each tranche of, you know, when we look at our P&L, right? I think people just look at revenue and they look at net profit um, and everything else is just kind of like this hamburger in the middle. Um, I think it's really under important to understand. Like I know I talked to so many founders, they don't know their gross margin right off the top of their top, right? Uh, and it's like, it behooves me because it's like, you need to know that because nothing else in your business can move forward without knowing that. The next piece is a lot of people don't know their shipping and fulfillment costs, you know, um, and they don't understand how that plays to unit economics. So I think in the P&L, when you break it down, um, you know, you have cost of goods, shipping and fulfillment, your OPEX, advertising, et cetera. At each step, I would force founders to be like, can you give me your percentage of margin at each subset, right? So if I told you, um, give me your margins after everything and advertising, you should be able to give me that versus, hey, give me your margins after cost of goods, right? 
if you can understand those percentages, you can be able to make decisions on the fly too. So I think those are the few things that I would really focus on. So that's such an incredible way to look at it is like, you should know your margin at each set. So if someone's like, well, what are your margins after shipping, you know, uh, fulfillment and shipping? Like, Well, boom. But if I layer it in, so it's like at each individual, then what's blended post everything, your margin It's like, well, it's this. It's like, well, okay. Now you go and say, well, what's the easiest thing to become more efficient, right? Exactly. Then you can exactly. start kind of di dialing, which now I see yeah. you smiling like, oh, these are, this is the roll on yeah. wheels turning how, yeah. um, how people should be thinking. So I think that's yeah. a really practical yeah. way to look at it. My number one thing though, for everybody is just know your gross margins always, because it is, it can't always. be weaponized against you. And it will be weaponized against you when you're trying to make decisions on the fly. For instance, if you have an agency, they don't care about your gross margins, right? They're trying to hit, yeah. and it's not their fault. They are paid when they hit a ROAS target, whether or not, right. like you say, who would need 2.5. Do you really know if you need 2.5 or is that a number where you're like, well, that's enough revenue. And you're like, well, but right. you haven't, right. you haven't gone and done your double, double. So I, I think that's really important, right? Like know your gross margins at every single level and, uh, don't get so into the carbs. Like we need the meat, yep. right? This is literally yep. it. Yes. Um, yes. and then, I mean, you, you already talked about what they should be looking at. And I guess we talked about Parker, you mentioned plastic. What tools do you think people should be using? And I guess my my caveat to that is, is there in your mind a scale people should be at to start using these tools or can you kind of start whenever? Yeah, I, I think I think one thing about tools, you know, I feel like you have to, a lot of these tools are also startups themselves. Okay. Mm. And, you know, they're new. They're here for the D2C economy. Um, one thing I say to everyone, whether you're doing like $10,000 in revenue a month or, or a million dollars, um, go and shoot your shot and build a relationship with these tools, right? All these people have founders that are on Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, secondly, all of them want to grow their business too, right? Parker is, is just as fresh of a startup as after the startup that are looking for funding, right? Go and, go and talk to Yassine or Martin over there and, and, and build a relationship, right? Same with the plastic team, right? They, they may tell you, hey, you're too small yet, but get to this number and, you know, skip the line, right? And I think it's important to do these things because you don't know what timing you're going to be at and because your business may look great, but the revenue may just not be at their threshold, but hey, still, still makes sense for them to take it on, right? So I would say um, always let the provider tell you yes or no. Don't uh, go off of any baseline thresholds like me being, you know, X amount of business. Don't base it off. Hey, Obvi is so big. They can get all this. Um, you know, I, I think there's a fair chance for everyone. Well, that's great. I want to, I'm going to do a little summation. You tell me if I'm wrong on this and then we can, uh, we can close it off on this, uh, on this session. Um, my kind of TLDR for everyone is understand your business fundamentals so that you can make better decisions around how you're going to scale if you have that opportunity, because then you can know what number makes the most sense for you. So for instance, know your LTV to CAC, understand your gross margins, um, and then understand at each level what is happening to that gross margin all the way down the P&L on those like five, five buckets or tranches that you mentioned. So that then when you need to go and hammer the ad spend during this time and you have, yeah. say, a discount rate, 
that is built into that first purchase this time, but you know the LTV to CAC plus gross margin and all of that baked in, you feel very good about it. Does that make sense? Right. That makes complete sense. Makes, uh, and, and I think the, 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 the biggest piece of that too, I, I think uh, one layer on that is, is just like when you're looking at your numbers, don't, I think the op- getting overwhelmed, especially you kind of said, in the, I, I wasn't a numbers guy, right? But you had to learn it by trade. Um, learning it by trade is easier than ever now. And I'm not devaluing finance or numbers, but it has become so easy where you're able to speak the language pretty quickly because there's so many baselines out there now. And there's so many tools. I mean, look at Triple Whale, right? They, they can literally build you the dashboard for you, right? Um, there's just so many good tools out there, so many great people, so much knowledge and wealth of, of, of information that you should be able to learn it quicker than ever. Ron, always an inspiration. You guys, he did that in under 20, and he probably could have done it in 10 if he didn't have me asking such long-winded <laughs> questions as you. No, that's phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really appreciate your time and very excited to uh, to share this with people. They're going to get a lot of value out of it. Thank you for doing this, Ron, and I know for a fact we'll do it again. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Chase. All right, thanks. That's it for this episode of Mastermind. If you like what you heard, please share this with everyone you possibly can. We want our guests' amazing information and knowledge to be shared with the world. And if you have an idea of who we should be talking to next or what topics you're interested in, just hit me up. From the team at Pencil, we're really happy that you spent some time with us. Have a good one. Keep building that brain of yours.